Welcome everyone to the Dynamo Abroad podcast where we talk about anything and everything Dynamo Kiev related. I'm your host Alex Lishik and joining us from across the Hudson River is Eric. How's it going Eric? Going pretty well. Um, I'm not recording this week so that means I can't delete a, an episode and lose it so it's going pretty well. Are, are you enjoying the heat wave in New York? Yeah it is uh it is pretty hot here. Um, I've had my AC running nonstop the past few days, so thankfully I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, joining us from across the pond is Dima. How's it going, Dima? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's. I hope this episode doesn't get lost. That I wasn't going to come on this because it's it's not that late, but I'm quite tired. But the UK has this stupid phenomenon where it feels like uh, twice as hot as it actually is. Uh, so I can't sleep in this heat, but uh, yeah, it's good to be on, and I'm looking forward to laughing and complaining and uh, all the all the rest of it. But yeah, yeah, I can't confirm it if that I can't confirm or deny if that phenomenon exists, but I can definitely tell you once you hit the city limit of Blackpool, that phenomenon definitely uh does not exist anymore. But on to our final guest, Mr. Komar. How are we, sir? How are you doing today? Uh, we are in Wrocław. Uh, preparing for the game on Saturday and fresh after witnessing Faroe Island's uh, heroics against Poland. Unfortunately, they lost, but um, it's interesting. You know, absolutely broke my heart that they couldn't hold on to a draw. Poland beating Faroe Islands 2-0, but yeah, yeah, listen, all I'm going to say is Kotwica would not have done better, so that that's all I'm going to say. Um, so we have a busy, although it's the international break, and as Komar mentioned, uh, he's Ukraine are playing in Wrocław on Saturday, right? Is are my dates right? Yep, yeah. uh, against England, right? Yeah, okay, good, good to right. see how how <laughs> with the program I am today. Uh, I don't even know where we start. Let Let's start. Let's start with the least news we need to talk about. Um, Kahim Paris has gone to Azerbaijan interesting oh no oh no indeed um shaparenko is hurt so he's not going to play for ukraine so don't worry we've called up pichalionok instead get excited everyone um did, did random question did bondarenko from wax tap get called up no he's injured oh he's injured okay um that's why they brought chagrinsky back oh that's right that's right uh where else where else are we uh oh uh, do Arthur Rutko assign for Shakhtar Donetsk? Yeah, the snake. I, I have no, I have no idea what part of the simulation we're in, but it, I, I, I don't have any like, honestly, if you're gonna tell me that tomorrow Yunis Belanda is gonna sign for Menai or Jerma and Lenz is gonna sign for Ingulets, it would not surprise me. Yeah, I mean, do they not have like their own? academy like goalkeeper that they can just have his back up like why why would you sign him clearly not um and then let's get into some actually news we can talk about a bit so we're gonna have to talk about two players leaving denomo today not named kahim paris uh should we start with the more well-liked one or the more not so well-liked one wait now, now i'm, I'm, confused. I'm confused. Yeah. wait who's not who's not liked and who's liked I was going to say Haramash is more well-liked and Sidorchuk is less-liked, generally. Oh. Yeah, but I think me and Eric are 
more teams to the truck than from hell. Agreed. Oh Agreed. no, yeah. I mean, I, I listen. I'm not saying I just. I'm just saying the general consensus. I'm not trying to start anything here, but uh. Let's start. Let's start in number order, numerical order. Let's make it easier that way. Sidorchuk. So, in case you haven't heard, said he Sidorchuk is signed for Westerlu for depending on which Ukrainian journalist you believe it could be for five hundred thousand euros, one and a half million euros, or a new dice he can use at the crab table in Monaco for Sudkus to use in Monaco. Uh, Eric, we'll start with you. Thoughts on Sidorchuk leaving? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of bummed. Um, I. I have been a fan of him for his entire career at Dynamo. Um, I think that he's been a very loyal club servant, not without his faults, that's for sure. Um, but again, this is a problem area for Dynamo as well as on a larger scale for the national team, this defensive mid position. Um, obviously, it's time to make room for some of the younger players to get in and start getting chances, which I'm I'm fully on board with. I mean, I'm not opposed to this transfer at all. Um I mean, the transfer fee, according to TransferMart, says it's $3 million. I don't know if that's actually what it was, because um, it's also been reported that it's been lower, like eight hundred, or like 800000 or something like that. So, again, I'm not sure exactly what the numbers are on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, loyal club servant. I remember um, Angry Phil on Twitter saying that, like, there's like a meter that builds up every time he shoots a wayward shot. And after like 50 wayward shots, you hit the, t- you hit the top of the meter and then he scores a banger and then it just drops back down again. And it's another 50 wayward shots until he scores a banger. But I mean, he has scored some clutch goals for us. Um, you know, the one that he scored from, uh, it was like 30, 30 yards out or so against Shakhtar into, uh, into the upper left corner was fantastic. Um, I mean, he scored some important goals for us the year that we won the treble. Um, There's a great goal he has against the real Nipra in 2016 or 2017. Just gets the ball, yes. just has yeah. the pop from distance and just I remember that one. absolutely finds the top corner. I mean, he, yeah, like I said, I, I personally will miss him. I mean, he he's, he's getting older. He can be a little rash, puts his team and himself into trouble early on in matches. Um, I think that sometimes his composure on the ball isn't great. Um, But, I mean, outside of that, he's joined a little bit of, I guess, info on the team that he's joining, Westerlo. So they, if that's, I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but they have actually been in the Belgian second division for a little while up until a couple seasons ago. And then I I believe it was last season was when they had gotten promoted. And then last season was their first season in the Belgian pro league. And they finished in eighth out of 18, which for a newly promoted side, isn't bad. It kind of reminds me of when um, like Leeds and Sheffield United got promoted in the not so distant past. And I think both of them finished like mid table, but then eventually they, you know, went and both got relegated. Although I think Sheffield United might be back now at any rate. Um, they also, I, t- I took a look at their tactics and they play transfer markets had them playing a four, four, two predominantly, which I think will suit Sidorchuk because he predominantly plays in a two man midfield with a double pivot. Um, obviously it's tactics aren't solely based upon the formation, but assuming that they stick with a double pivot, I think that that, that will suit him because him playing with Shaparenko is, you know, him being the ball winning midfielder and then Shaparenko being the more creative uh, ball carrier. Um, I do think that that, that formation will suit him. So 
certainly not opposed to it. I'm, I'm just not sure what the fee is. So if it's, you know, 800,000, I'd be a little disappointed because again, they, this was reported in the summer or yeah, I think it was in the summer that they want a, a Belgian club wanted his um, contract terminated so they can sign him on a free. So I'm wondering if that was Westerlo, if it was someone else, but at any rate, I will miss him. Um, loyal club servant. I, I liked having him as a captain um, and uh, time to make, time to make some room for, uh, for the young boys. So come on, two questions. Who takes over? Who's the, if there is one, is there an obvious choice to be Sidor Chuk's replacement? And who would be, the, who should be the new captain of the Namo? Uh, well, me, yes, before, before I um, answered that, I think I, I should say a couple of words about Sidor Chuk. Uh, well, uh, and it kind of connects with your question because it's nice to see Dinamo finally solving their problems. Uh, it's not like in the most profound way, and it's like pretty sad that the uh, very uh, like uh, important part of this club is leaving after more than a decade. Uh, but uh, well, it's, it's the thing we were mentioning on the podcast for the last year minimum, right? So. Uh, we need uh, to have someone new playing in the in the midfield because Sidorchuk wasn't the same player he was before 2019-2018 uh, and he just was, well, mediocre, <laughs> to be honest. And, uh, but it doesn't cancel his, uh, his, like, his character, his... Uh, Patriotic stance and um, generally being a good bloke. Um, that's at least what the ultras are saying, and I, for one, I believe them. Uh, about the playing capabilities, his latest form, I think you will uh, take over later. But uh, coming back to your questions, I think the obvious choice is Brashko, but. Uh, and I would play Brashko, of course, like 90% of the time, probably. Even 100% of the time, because the alternatives are Andreevsky, which is not that very bad, uh, and Shepeliev, which is very bad. So, uh, yeah, I would uh, I would like to see Brashko being the first choice and Andreevsky probably playing the second fiddle. As for the captain, um, I think yeah, we we speculated on the chat uh, before it was uh, leaked by Tatotake, and I actually I hit the jackpot because I said Bujalski, and it's probably Bujalski that will be the next captain. So I think it's an ideal choice. Uh, man is in the club for a long time. He's a crucial part of uh, of the attacking formation, and he's. Uh, like you can see that he has, uh, he's an important person in a dressing room, and he's not like, and not uh, like a background person in the in the in the squad. So he has the leader capabilities, and he, I think he can lead the team in, into the season and hopefully try to win something, but. Uh, well, we're go we're going back to that later when we discuss the Jesko and Sergis, of course. 
Dima, do you have anything to add on Sidorchuk's departure? Yeah, I think it's... Uh, I think, you know, it might be a bit harsh, but I think I'm quite glad to see this move happen. Not so much in that I don't like him personally because of his corner. I said, you know, he's obviously, you know, he's... Uh, some of the ultras have said he's the player that's helped them the most and supported them the most. But for me, it, it's time to move on. You know, he's been at the club for, for a long time, but, you know, all things need to come at, uh, come to an end. Um, I think in the last few seasons, um, I think he's really started to struggle. I think his age is really showing. Um, and to be honest with you, I never, I've, you know, he, he's had his moments. He had a good season in 2021. Um, but overall, at his time, I'm not sure I've ever like um, understood why such an important role has been given to him. Um, obviously, he has his qualities, but I've just never been quite convinced by him. I've said I've never. I'm sorry, I have to say I've never been convinced uh, by him as a captain. Um, and for me, what's kind of reinforced it is that in so he so he got the captain's armband in 2017. Yeah, during the, the Katzkevich uh, era, yeah. at the beginning of the Katzkevich era. Yeah, and we've won the league once since then, and that kind of sums up for me. I'm not saying it's his fault, right? We didn't, you know, we've not, you know, been losing the leagues, you know, purely because of him. But I think as a captain, he's a big part of that. Um, and I think, you know, I'm just never seeing him kind of lead on the pitch, like motivating the players. I'm not seeing that kind of leadership that we used to see. Uh, I know it's not good to keep like referring to the past, but you know, compared to what we've had over the years, I, I'm not sure I was, you know, I'm not sure that's it. But um, you know, overall, you know, 10, 11 years nearly, um, you know, it has been a good servant to the club, but you know, I think it was time to go. Um, I don't think we got a one and a half million. I think that would be very steep. Um, I would also say it's a bit weird to get your get rid of your captain at such a late stage of the transfer window as well. You know, it's a bit, you know, when you think about it, that is a bit, a bit of a strange one. But yeah, listen, I think I think it's been time that we move on. Um, I don't think anything major is going to change because, you know, one player going like is a captain granted, but, you know, it's just a tiny, tiny piece of what really needs to change. Um. But yeah, I mean, like all the mistakes, he's you know they've kind of been adding up, really, haven't they? In, in midfield, you know, losing the ball, losing his players uh, that he's supposed to be marking, you know, not quite, you know, not quite having the pace, uh, not quite having the pace anymore, not quite having the technique to cover for that lack of pace. I think you know, all in all, I think it's what needed to happen. Um, but we'll see kind of how successful this, uh, kind of like integration of Brasco. Anyway, we're saying it's Brasco. Uh, don't forget, Surkis in his interview said that it could be Shepilev or Andreevsky, which would we all love that. Um, but yeah, um, you know, thanks for everything, but you know, it, everything needs to come to an end. I think, you know, I, I don't think his mentality was right. I think he kind of, for me, he kind of symbolized what's kind of wrong with the squad. Um, you know, up to an extent, but you know, you can't you can't say everything's on him. But yeah, overall, I'm happy with it. Yeah, and I need to mention this. Uh, Dima, do you know what where we got Sidorchuk from? What club we got him from? Yeah, of course, he was from Metalur, and uh, um, when when we bought him, we bought him with Andriy Surikov, who is is he? A, 
I want to say Alexandriev. Was that? Say, yeah, or he's at maybe at Policia. Yeah, it's Alexandria, and he had like three hundred games in UPL recently. Did yeah. he really? Good, for, good for him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's and the thing is, when we signed him, so for a long time. Kind of, Sidorchuk was more like the kind of unproven prospect that we kind of took a gamble with, where Turikov was a lot more like the uh, the ready player. Um, but we can see how that's turned out. But um, yeah, guess how many appearances Turikov had for Dynamo? Eighty six? No, not eighty six. Hang on, what am I talking about? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm gonna say seven. I would yeah. say like fifteen. He had six. Six. Okay, oh. I was quite. I was off by quite a bit there. Okay. Yeah. I remember him featuring a, more than that, but you know, my memory is kind of hazy of that time with this kind of thing. Yeah. I think. Oh, I think he was on the bench a lot. That's why. But yeah, he, he was in and around the squad. Yeah, but he, only... he was like uh, left defender, right? Yeah. So we had Tremulinas at the time. So and Makarenko as well. Who came? No wonder. And then Antunes. I, I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but did we, did we not play him like a bit further up the field than that? I you might know, be I, wrong. I think under Rebrov, because I remember towards the end of Rebrov's year after he took over Blochin, I think he tried to integrate a lot of the younger guys. Like I know Haratin got a couple chances. I think Colin Vincev played quite a bit. Yeah. So I think he was maybe just trying to find somewhere where we could actually fit in Zurikov. Because to be fair, outside of at that time, Yarmolenko, Lenz, Pusia, we didn't really have any other wingers besides those two with Kalimantsev and Surikov, So, Yeah, I think he was kind of more of a utility player for the left side, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. plugging in the gaps um, like where it's needed. Yeah. But on that note, we want to thank Sidorchuk for his time and uh, we, fi- we wish him the best on his future endeavors. And now we move to another, I have to say the word, the L word, a, a legend absolute legend leaving Dynamo Kiev and that is the goat the man himself number 19 Mr. Dennis Garmash now how would I describe Dennis Garmash as a footballer I have no idea I genuinely could not tell you <laughs> so that's why I'm just gonna let whoever wants to describe Dennis Garmash can go on because like I really don't like he because he was good but the you know what? I'm the floor is open. Come on, if you want to start us off on Garmash, you can. Well, you know, you know, uh, when you have like on football manager, like the player with uh, 19 or 20 aggression, and you have to constantly give him personal instructions to not to do tackles and uh, just to uh, hold him in uh, like uh, not non aggressive play. So I think. I think that's Harmash, and I think uh, also, you know, the, there is a story about Mourinho and Balotelli, like he told him at that time that uh, you can't have, you can't do another tackle because you're going to get uh, thrown of the field, and he did like after two minutes, so it uh, might as well have been Harmash in that story, and we could replace Mourinho with, I don't know, Kevich or or Rebrov, or well, anyway. Listen, how many players you, I sorry, I have to say this because you brought up the aggression in the Balotelli story. I, I need to bring in my favorite Dennis Gadamash me- uh, memory. In the Champions League a couple of years back, Dinamo were playing Benfica at, in Kiev. Anthony Gadamash does something, and Anthony Taylor books him, assuming he already had a yellow card, 
and gave them a yellow and then a red. And you know what? This is the most Dennis Gadamash type shit where Anthony Taylor just assumed he did something already to get himself booked. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Well, I absolutely love that. Uh, yeah, he, oh, he was 100% prepared for that game. Yeah, yeah listen, I think uh, this is another like end of an era. Um, the thing about Harmash is, is that we can sh- safely say that he never f- fulfilled his his potential, truly, because he had a big, big injury in um, I want to say twenty thirteen or so. Yeah, it was because I remember there was um not a controversy, but there was a lot of concerns that because he missed the uh, playoffs against France that year for the World Cup. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, exactly. So, um, and. Like he was out for a long time, and to me, he's never been the same player since that injury. Um, of course, he's he's had his moments, but he's he's had some very uh, yes, he's had some moments going the other way, should we say? But before that, like genuinely, he was a very very good talent. Like, like he really really did like like he was he was a standout player even in those times. Like even with everyone else, I think he was one of our kind of better players back then. Um, and I would say it's a big shame, but you know, in the last few years, I think I think it's been kind of up and down because uh, Luchescu brought him back, and then we kind of played him at striker a few times, and he contributed here and there. You know, it's kind of like uh, like what we like to do. You know, kind of square peg, like uh, round holes, square pegs. You know, square pegs, round holes, whatever way around it is. You know, kind of using him as a centre forward. Um, and then, bef- like before, then he was kind of playing more in midfield, and some of the results were not pretty with that man. Like it was, it's like he's trying to get rid of it, like a hand grenade, you know. Do you remember against Vorskla when he went to control the ball and the ball just went under his? Foot? Oh yeah, no, he like it's like he fell asleep in that split second, yeah. But what I was gonna say was I, I can't, I, I don't even remember who it was against, but I think it might have been twenty seventeen. It might have been Vorskla as well, actually, um, where. There was like a like a two and one situation, and Yarmolenko squares the ball to Harmash, who has an open open net, and he like he hits the post from like two meters out or something like that. And I I'm gonna have to find this. It was, it was the most ridiculous miss ever. Well, not not actually it wasn't because we've had worse than that, but it was it was just too funny. But yeah, listen, he's had some great moments over the years. Um. I would say again, you know, it was time to go. He wasn't really contributing. I think in midfield, we need more than that. Um, but he's got a decent gig, to be honest with you, at um, Osijek, I think, which is, you know, there mm-hmm. could have been, there could be worse clubs. Like I really thought he would go to Kazakhstan. I have to be honest with you. I really thought that <laughs> would happen. But he, he gives me very Kairat Almaty vibes. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Exactly that. that kind of... that, right? What? Oh, Ellen Z. Oh yeah, something like that. Well. Yeah, but it is a shame how his career panned out in in terms of like the, the bigger picture because I think there could have been a lot more to it. And I think a lot of it comes down to, I would say, a lack of discipline at times. You know, he didn't really look at it. Like, he used to be a very, very emotional player. I think he's kind of calmed down over the years, but he used to constantly do these silly fouls, kind of lash out, you know, let his team down. But, um, yeah, I think that kind of, contributed to him not really you know 
fulfilling it but it's a shame um i wouldn't i would say i'm sad to see both of them go because kind of a, it's like a big part of like uh like the the, the dynamo team i grew up watching but you know for, for me there's no room for sentiment in football i think you know when when it's time to go it's time to go and you can't look at anything else um but you know from a you know like a human level like like i wish them the best of luck both of them Eric, do you want to add anything? Yeah, come on, go ahead. Yeah, uh, one thing uh, Dima reminded me of, uh, I think it was Puyaski in one of the interviews, um, and they asked ask him about Garmash, I think. Or was it Yermolenko? Like, it's not that important. But they said some thing that uh, describes them really well. They say, like, uh, off the pitch, he's like the really uh, calm guy and not really uh, very, you know, joking around. Uh, for example, like on a plank, I don't know if he's beating a jester, of course. Uh, but um, he's a calm bloke. And I know we were joking that he really can't read and he's just like, like kind of stupid. But uh, or, or the tell uh, or he doesn't have like an actually uses like an old phone. He doesn't use like an actual phone or something like that. Yeah, and just watching tennis in the in the car, of course. <laughs> but uh, to the point, it's uh, like he has a really short fuse. He's like one time, one second he's very calm, and um, the other second he just does so something so surreal that you can't really believe it happened. I I can remember. I think it was him that got sent off after Yarmolenko did against Gengam. Europa League playoffs. No, it was Belanda who got sent off. Belanda, right? Yeah, it was okay, Yarmolko but... Belanda. Okay, so <laughs> this time it wasn't him. <laughs> for once, for I'm once. Sure some... For once, yeah, but I'm sure something like this happened, like uh, lashing out out of nowhere. And uh, sort of like Hachiridi did also. They, uh... Yeah. Him and Hachiridi were quite similar, were like... actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brothers from another mother. Yeah, so that's that's just my uh to Adam. So Eric. Yeah, Eric, if you want to add anything on uh Mr. Gadamash leaving. Yeah, I mean I don't really have a whole lot. You I think you all touched upon the main points. Um I feel like in recent seasons, obviously as Dima mentioned, he had the you know, that serious injury back in like twenty I forget what year it was, around around twenty thirteen sounds right. I feel like over the past five years or so it's just been difficult to find a spot to play him in um you know he's another one of those guys and Komada made the football manager comparison and he's another one of those guys in football manager where he can almost plug into a few different positions he can play the striker role he can play the advanced midfield role or he can play just as a as a central midfielder um and I think it's been tough um it's been tougher for him to get playing time over the last five years or so. But like I said, I think it's also been tough to find a role for him because he's played in all three of those positions. You know, I think there were times where we got so frustrated with Bissedin um, and uh, what's his name, who uh, scored against us when he was on loan at Nipro. Supriyaha. Supriyaha. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That it was like, okay, let's give Haramash a, a chance up top because he's got some decent height. He's physical. Um, and I mean, he, he wasn't awful. I mean, like I said, you could tell he wasn't quite comfortable with it, but I think that 
there's a level of tactical and role unfamiliarity with him over the last several seasons of just not not really getting uh, not getting um, playing time, sufficient playing time and consistent playing time, but also not really having a, cons- a consistent role to play in. Um, but I mean, he's a piece of work. I mean, when you compare mentality-wise him to Sidorchuk, I mean, it's it's night and day. And it's like with Sidorchuk, I feel like, and you all touched upon this, you know what you're getting from him. With Haramesh, you kind of don't know. Like, you don't know how he's going to react to stuff. Um, but another very, very loyal servant to the club. Um, it was actually announced several days ago on OCX, uh, on OCX page, uh, their website that um, that they had signed him, and unlike Sidorchuk, he had his contract terminated with Dynamo, and then OCX signed him, um, which would have been on a free. But um, yeah, I'm going to be bummed. I mean, I I do think that he's a good figure for the dressing room. I I do think that he's got that valuable experience. He's he was around when Dynamo were were very very strong. Um, and had some solid sides. And I think that having that kind of experience and um, the mentality that he has, I, I think certain aspects of it, I guess, can rub off on um, the young players. But yeah, I mean, again, with both of these guys, like Dima mentioned, I mean, for me, it's a little different as I, you know, grew up back watching Blochian play. But, you know, now with watching these guys play, um, yeah, I mean, it is the end of an era. It really is, you know, with people, these players that you've watched up from the time that they joined Dynamo, whether it was a part of coming up in the youth ranks or when we signed them very young and now, you know, it's time for them to move on. And I do, even my thoughts on Sidor Chuk, I still think that it's the right move and it's time to move on from him. Um, but yeah, with both of them, it's, you know, on a human level, it's, it is the end of an era. I mean, it's not quite like when Dentinho left uh, Shakhtar, <laughs> but it uh, it's up there. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add, like, I think it was like, you know, we've we've had plenty of guys who came through the academy, kind of like Yaram Chuk, who, you know, came and went, um, you know, Makarenko came and went. But I think Harmash and Sidor Chuk are two kind of weird ones, especially Harmash, where, like you said, Eric, he joined Dinamo in 2007. You know, that's 16 years he's been here. So I think it's almost kind of surreal because you look at all of the players and managers and all the games and all the shit that's happened since he's been at Dinamo. And now in 2023 is the time he leaves. So I think it's a little bit, yeah, I, I don't know if you use the word, but it is surreal. It is weird to see these players move on because I like Yarmolenko was different, right? Because you always knew Yarmolenko was high level. He was always going to move on at some point. But yeah, it, it is gonna be weird not seeing Harmash or Sidor Chuk in games and lineups and stuff like that. Like these guys what 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 year did Sidor Chuk join? 2013, the winter. So 13. Okay, yeah. So I, I thought it had been earlier. So like someone like Harmash, I mean yes, he was a part of the trouble winning season several seasons ago as Sidor Chuk was. But Harmash was a part of a team that went to the semifinal yeah. of a year of, of the a, Europa of, League. Yeah. Back in what was that, 2008? 2008 2009 yeah yeah like that like he was a part of that team like that is just insane to think about where when you think about what has happened from Dinamo over the past 15 years to yeah. now but he like he was a part of that team that's just crazy to think about yeah but, like like think about all the players he played with from like Vladislav Supriyah to Ismail Bangura like they, like played played with 
played with people like from Superyaha to Shevchenko. Yeah, like this is such a, and you know what I think again I don't know if one of you guys brought this up, but I think these two players are so important to the history of Dinamo. Not saying because they've been big players, but I think kind of almost what they represent in a way because they've been through what was almost a very good era and probably the worst era in the club's modern history. Do you know what I mean? So it's great from the heights of going to a European semifinal and to the truth to be fair, got to a European quarterfinal as it had in Russia in 2014 to being in the state where God only knows what position we could finish this season. It's crazy, but that's just that's just football. That's just you know. Yeah, it shows the decline, doesn't it? Yeah, because listen, you could make an argument that Harmash should have been at a higher level. And should have been sold at some time. You could make the argument he should have been cut three or four seasons ago. That's that's just the way it is. And that's also the case. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I just want to give last thing on Harmash, and then we can move on. I have to give him shout out a shout out because. The best Dennis Hadmash ever played was when Ukraine beat the U.S. 2-0 March 2014 in a friendly. He was absolutely on fire. Just his late third man runs out of midfield. Absolutely ripped open the U.S. defense in midfield. One of the best performances of all time. So to Hadmash, we thank him. To Sidorchuk, we thank him. But as, you know, as we mentioned, it was definitely time to move on. So we're going to move on now, and I think it's time to do a little bit of, you know, it's an international break, so I think it's time to do kind of a state of the club, and I think we can overall say we have positive views in the direction that the club is heading, considering Dinamo lost to Besiktas, and there's going to be no European football uh, for the first time in eight years. Um, so as my 18. brother... 18. 18. 18. Yeah, 18. Sorry, not 80. 18. 18. So the um, longer the team in this world... <laughs> um yeah so no european football for 18 years as my as my english brother-in-law would say brilliant um yeah and uh, luchescu's still here Sukis is still the owner and, and everything's fine every it's like it's like that meme with the uh dog sitting in the fire this is fine and yeah, nothing happened yeah right. <laughs> nothing happened. everyone was on vacation um yeah i think i sent you this uh summarized uh, like from Druzi Dynamo, the Kupras group, with <clears throat> with some statistics, so maybe a good way to kick kick off this segment. Um, so just just a few numbers. So uh, the worst ever percentage of wins by Luchesco it's fifty six percent. That's the first one. Twenty six percent. Of defeats, which is like the second worst. Is that in Europe? Or is that just in? Is that everywhere in all competitions? Yeah, this, is, this is everywhere, but in wow. Europe, it's uh, the thing that you like to mention, Dima. It's uh, well, uh, twenty-one. Yeah, we haven't won. We haven't won games. that many games in Europe for it to be fifty-six percent. Mm, yes. Yes. Exactly. So this this was like. All of the games, but out of those in Europe, it's 21 defeats and 35 outings. Dreadful. And hasn't there and, been some. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Hasn't been there some rumors that apparently Luchesco might be replaced? Because I know they mentioned Trejorchuk Shevkosi and some kind of Spanish manager. What, what's, going, what's all that about? 
Well, uh, just one other statistic. Uh, well, uh, taking into consideration this season and the whole last season, Luchescu lost 19 times out of 49 games. So, uh, yeah, pretty much losing galore. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I actually, I'm not sure uh, what about those news you mentioned because uh, the previous uh, gossip was like he's going to stay unless uh, the the target of winning UPL won't be achievable. And as of now, it is still achievable. But we have like three games in hand. Uh, so I don't think if Sturki is decided to stick to Lucescu, I don't think that these rumors would be constructive. Well, but we can, of course, talk about them. So it was like, as you mentioned, it was Rivarchuk, Shovkovsky, some guy from Spain, but without any names. And uh, Kostiuk was just my idea. So. Yeah, uh, I yeah. don't think there's any merits to it. Yeah, and Dima, I mean, obviously there's not much Surtis can do, right? It's not like, you know, he's not responsible for any of this. Yeah, no, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, not not to go bring up the performance too much. I mean, I think that was a case of, you know, useless manager and the players blew it as well. Uh, don't forget that. But yeah, it's ridiculous. So we're going to go over it, right? So starting from 2021, zero trophies, right? In 2021, fourth place in Champions League, one point, right? In uh, um, in 2022-2023 season, trying to get it right, uh, finished fourth place, um, didn't qualify Champions League. Uh, was it how many points did we score in in the group? Was it was it one again? Uh, in twenty, which one? Twenty one, twenty two. Last season in the in the Europa League. Yeah, I think we only had one because did we just have that draw against? Oh, yeah, that was it. That was all I can remember. Yeah. And both yeah. goals by Hamas, I think. Yeah, exactly. So last, I mean, last game. I mean, it's hard to believe that, but yeah, one point in the Europa League, fourth place in the in the in the UPL, right? And we don't even have the excuse anymore that there's Middle East, Prime Middle East, Prime Shakhtar, Prime Dnipro, right? This is a piss poor. Mm-hmm. UPL and we finished fourth, right? This season didn't not even in the qualifiers for Champions League, not even in the qualifiers for uh the Europa League. This is a conference league, right? This is a conference league. It's not, you know, you know. I'm not. I'm not saying it's like a totally useless um competition. Of course, it has its merits. You know, it's still Europe. You know, it's not just a bunch of fools that play there. It's unacceptable to me that we didn't qualify. And you can say that, you know, oh, we got Bishik Dash or this, that, and the other. But the truth is, Bishik Dash were not a, you know, what what we saw, especially in Poland, Bishik Dash are not a strong team, right? It was not out of, you know, it was not with, with more careful play. If we didn't defend like clowns, it was not out of our capability to um to beat Bishik Dash. Not because we're good, but because because they weren't a good team. But they they won across the two legs fair and square i'm not going to get into any moments because i don't care at this point i wasn't expecting anything different and uh that's that's what happens but it's it's a joke to me no one's been sacked 
right? No one's been... The manager's still here. For all this embarrassment, the manager's still here, right? Now, we've sold a few players, to be fair, and we haven't addressed any of the squad situations some the transfers in. I mean, we've had a few, you know, kind of transfers like fucking... We mentioned him. What's his name again? Paris. I mean, what, what was that all about? Seriously, what was that? But, you know, just just use your brain, seriously. Just use your brain. And, you know, it was mentioned that, you know, we have to go for, for the UPL and we still have a chance. So why can't we be we be proactive while we still have the chance? Why can't we sack this manager who has taken us to low after low? Why can't we sack this manager while we still have a chance at the UPL? Why don't we act on that? Why don't we get someone in? Right. And uh, by the way, my, my expectations aren't high because the, the, the three manager candidates, Shafkovsky and other Dinamo Heart, right? I'm I'm not, you know, it's worked before with Rebrov, but that was one out of about 15 that was successful, right? I, I, I don't want another legend to tarnish their uh their reputation at the club. And I feel like that's what would happen. Um the other one is Hrihorchuk, right? Is that is that correct? Sometimes I get him and um, Werner Dub mixed up somehow. Um, but the other one is Hrihorchuk. And um I mean, for me, it's the exact kind of appointment we'd make. Like the, the thing with what is wrong with me? The thing with Hrihorchuk is that he's made his career managing for excuse me, I've muted myself there by accident, where he does not have a lot of possession, where he mostly plays on the counter, right? That is not how Dynamo plays. Even with a poor squad, that's not how Dynamo plays. So I'm a bit sceptical um, of his of the suitability. It's not a manager I would go for in the best of circumstances, but at the end of the day, those two are still better than what we've got now. I don't care if Shostkovsky's got no experience because... This manager is gone, right? He's finished, right? He's finished, useless. He's, yeah, I think the age is starting to get to him a bit, frankly. Um, but the, the third option is interesting about the Spanish manager. Now, I can't see this happening at all. Um, uh, this would be the one I go for, but this would be in the best of circumstances, right? A Spanish manager can't work in the circumstances of our club where Surkis needs to get his dirty hands on every aspect. It messes up the transfers, puts his shit favourite, you know, like ex-players as 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 coaches who can't get the job done. You know, it's not it's not a sustainable work environment. So, you know, you know, in the best of circumstances, yes, I would go for the Spanish manager, but it won't work out. Uh, like it didn't work out with Rebrov in the end because he he had to resign because of all that stuff I just mentioned. Um but yeah, I mean, I remember a few years ago, we had like a lot of Spaniards working in the academy. And then incidentally, that's when like some of our best players over the years have, uh, in the recent years, sorry, have, have been produced under those coaches. And since then, we've re- we've replaced them with ex-players mostly. And yeah, we can see what, our, what we're producing now, fucking Gechuk, Bilovar and so on and so forth. Um, oh, we forgot one. Yechuk made into into uh, almost said Ballon d'Or, then he's not that good yet, but he made it into Golden Boy list. And I'm right. massive, massive. great talent, great talent. What I mean, <clears throat> sorry, I, I like what, yeah, he made it into the Golden Boy list. He's like 50th oh, or something. Oh. I don't know, you know how it's a hundred players, uh, Golden Boy list. 
uh, every year issued, and then they take like thirty people from it to the to the um, competition itself. I guess I'm no, I don't know if I'm right, but yeah, he was that, there. That is that is absurd. I'm sorry, yeah. like that he yeah. played what like. Ten games for Dynamo, seven for Alexandria. Yeah, and he played shit in all of them as well. God, oh my god! Yeah, I don't know what the hell they were smoking. I don't know how the nomination, um, I don't know how the no- nomination process works, but I don't know how the fuck he qualified for that. Um, but he's obviously not going to win it. But yeah, listen, uh, we-, we need a new manager, right? It's not gonna, it's not gonna fix the problem. The problem is still Surkis, right? It's still his him meddling and interfering in every decision that he doesn't have a fucking clue about, right? But one of the biggest problems right now is gotten so big that you can't ignore anymore. It's the manager, right? Because as bad as the squad is, right? It's not. It's not this bad. It's not this bad to be doing this this badly, even in the in the confine of the UPL. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I've, I, I was googling the Golden Boy stuff with Maxim Zetrik. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I, I like, shocked. genuinely, like, like, Dynamo find new ways to surprise me every year. Just, I, I genuinely have no comment. Eric, the floor is yours. What? Because uh, I, I have no idea where to transition from. Finding out that Maxim yeah, Zetrik was nominated for Golden Boy. Yeah, I mean, Rihrochuk is a hard no for me. Um, I agree with Dima. In a perfect scenario, it would be a manager from Spain, but that's not going to happen. Um, I know that it's difficult to bring people in to be involved, whether it's staff or players, for uh, to bring them in to join Ukrainian clubs right now, given what's going on in the country. Um, but I don't think that that's an excuse to not still be able to attract maybe not necessarily a top level manager, but still someone that's different, um, that's found success in, in some other league that we feel, you know, whether the tactics that they played there would suit Dinamo with the squad that we have or whatever it may be. Um, you know, you, you can't tell me that there aren't other options out there. It's just, you know, ownership is not willing to, to explore them. Um, I mean, given the given the options that we have on the table now, um, I would realistically, I would want to see it be Shovkovsky. I mean, I, I don't I agree with Dima that I wouldn't want to see another club legend have his name tarnished at the club, but it's like realistically, we're not gonna bring someone else in. And if it's between Hrychuk, um Kosyuk and Shokovsky, I would rather it be Shokovsky, um, given the choice between the three of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> kind of like I said with back with Harmash back in 2008 through now when he joined. I mean, when you again, when you look at a club that was playing back at the height of the UPL, um, playing against teams like Dima mentioned, Prime Metalist, Nipro, um, Shakhtar was challenging those teams for titles every season and was also advancing far into Europe. Um, and we take a look at where this club's at now. And I mean, there's really one person to blame for that. Um, you know, it's just, if there's no 
if Sorkis isn't owning them, and I feel like what ha what's going to happen is it's going to pass to someone in his family or one of his cronies, and it's again the the cycle is just going to continue. Um, but you know, there's also the argument if not him, and I think he's voiced this in the past that like Dynamo wouldn't exist. So we're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. I feel like until someone comes and buys the club. And you know, it's starting to appear, which maybe there was a time where that was true, but you can't tell me that someone wouldn't have tried to figure out a way to keep the club going if he didn't take over. Like, the thing for I, me, my, it, it, sorry, I just my, want to say the thing for me is that when people when when people say that i can sort of understand that argument but at the same time like we're not we're not Carlos, we're not fkf kalviv we're not any other tin pot team like we're dinamo kiev right like at the end of the day no matter how shit we are now we still have a massive massive history we are the premier club of ukraine we're from the capital right and that is sure to get more attention in the future so you know well, that, and that, that was exactly going to be my point, is I do feel that there is a draw for us, for sure. When you take a look at, and I don't want to compare us necessarily to some of the bigger clubs in Western Europe, but when you take a look at some of the clubs from Eastern Europe that are domestically um, dominant, but they also win in Europe, I feel like any one of those clubs, even if they're currently in a decline, I'd like to think in my heart of hearts you're going to be appealing to an owner for reasons that Dima just said, because of the history, because of the tradition, because of the winning mentality um, and the prospect of returning that team to its, to its former glory. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really unfortunate. Like I said, having watched players like Sidorchuk and the Haramash at the beginnings of their careers and seeing what those Dynamo squads were like versus now. Um, it's really unfortunate how far this this club has fallen. But like I said, there's uh, unfortunately, I, I don't see it changing at any time in the near future. No, and I mean, endless as much as he wants to claim he's saved now, which maybe once Ukraine got independent, maybe there was some turbulence. Maybe that was true to an extent. But I mean, listen, you see how many Eastern Bloc clubs from whether it was you know, the former USSR, Czechoslovakia, whatever, they somehow found their feet and they were able to survive. So I kind of think Surk is kind of saying these statements, say, oh, well, if it wasn't for me, the club wouldn't exist anymore. I, I'm sorry. I just can't. I just can't buy that. Yeah, no, no chance for me. The club existed before and it will exist after, right? The, yeah. the club didn't. What what time? What, what when did the Sukhiz brothers first get involved? Was like it like ninety five, ninety six? Yeah, mid mid nineties. Yeah, I'm sorry, but the club wasn't founded in the mid nineties, right? It was founded in nineteen twenty seven, right? Let's not let's not get that mixed up. So yeah, I think you know it's just Sukhiz being Sukhiz from that yeah. point of view. It, it it's it's just it's just him trying to prevent present himself in a more manageable light because it's because it, it's just an absolute circus that he's running at the minute and he's the he's the ring it's an absolute circus at the moment someone got it it is it is it is and i want to say one more thing about the manager right i, I think no matter who we sign is going to be another yes man i think yep. no matter what and if it's not a yes man then he won't last long in the job but rebrov when when he, when rebrov started being unhappy when he started like calling out those decisions he he did the he did the manly thing and he resigned because he stuck true to, to his principle and that is what anyone who who has any last bit of dignity would do 
they had any kind of and if Luchesco if Luchesco was any kind of man he he would have resigned by now yeah. but you know he knows full well that listen no one's going to pay him anywhere near this amount of money not even close right so I guess he chose that and you know from a guy that was from, who was at Shakhtar from so long maybe we shouldn't have expected any different um yeah so you know and with hindsight you know I was I was not against his uh uh appointment in the start because like listen you know what this 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 shit happens right but you know with hindsight the ultras were right you know you have to say it Omar, do you want to add anything before we uh slowly wrap up here uh yeah i think uh, what you were talking about was a big picture and i wanted to uh, concentrate on the task at hand uh which is of course, connected with money. I'm just, there's really only one question. And uh, and it sounds, what do now? I think Alex will <laughs> write that. If but you know, you know. Also, yeah, of course. Um, Charlie Kelly, um, special mention. And uh, there is a Latin phrase that's also connected to this. It's so where are we going? So uh, from what I gather, uh, what is uh, Surki saying, uh, we absolutely have to uh, be like in the in the Champions League, no matter if it's uh, like the winning the league or being second, uh, because uh, it's not like um, said directly, but uh, Otherwise, I fear we may be fucked. Uh, because uh, the message that it's uh, projected by some of the journalists and Sihanik, of course, they are all saying there is no money. Of course, there is no money, right? Uh, it's not like we sold our players for close to 50 million, uh, what was that, euros? Um, yeah, there's no money. The... We were in the Champions League for two seasons. We've sold so many players, but there's no money, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it so, must cost uh, so much to play in the UPL. Question: First question we were trying to answer well, where is that money? Where is it gone? Uh, we don't really have an answer, honest answer to that. Uh, but uh, what I heard last time, it's not like we uh, received all this Barney money. As Kosti mentioned last time, that we just got like 7 million of this. I don't know how many is left. Uh, but uh, well, frankly, it's not said directly, but I think the um, financial situation of Dynamo is pretty bad at the moment. Otherwise, we wouldn't be. Uh, otherwise, we would be uh, signing some players. Uh, now it's like just sugar coating. Like we don't need any players. We have like the complete roster. Of course, we need players. We just have uh, no money to pay them. Right, because Policia has the money, Veras has the money, Karpate has the money. Uh, I don't know which other clubs signed for or Shakhtar has the money. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Rinat Ahmetov's uh, wealth like tripled from the February 2022. So I wonder how did that happen, right? Um, and it's probably the part of the reason that Harmash and Sidorchuk left because uh, uh, from what I heard uh, Sidorchuk uh, 
got like a million euros yearly um, of his like on his contracts after we didn't qualify for Champions League the wage was capped like 30% but it's still 700,000 right so now we don't have to spend this money and it is some some kind of uh, cutting the expenses from Surkis so uh, what I am scared of uh, to be honest, is if we don't uh, finish first or second, we may be royally fucked for the next couple of seasons, regardless of who's the manager. Uh, it may be tough. It's not like someone saying this openly because uh, we don't really uh, gather that Surkis is very transparent with his uh, <laughs> with his accountant and uh, with his books so to say but I have a gist that uh, it's not gonna end well if we uh, if we not finish in first or second and in that light uh, keeping Luchescu's decision is even more surreal for me because uh, man, man just proved he's not fit for the job he proved that uh, he He's clueless, so we need someone to take over and to just uh, do the job, right? Do the job and uh, probably even save the club as we know it right now. So uh, but as far as we know, we don't have any debts, but if we don't qualify for Champions League um, second year in a row, it may become very dire. So uh, yeah, that's, that's my reflection on all of this. And, you know, I think I think that's actually a good point to kind of wrap up tonight, because I think it just shows you or shows all of us how actually important this season is, where this we may not realize it, but this genuinely could be one of Dinamo's most important seasons of all time. Um, and, you know, we talk. I know we mentioned this before, where uh, Surkis, you know, it may not be such a good situation right now, but then, well, he claims he's the one who saved it. Well, then who's the guy who's really fucked everything up? Is that not a fair question to ask? You know, with um, only in this, we are only in this situation because of Surkis's own decisions. It's a hundred percent as straightforward as that. It's his nepotism at the club. It's his mismanagement. It's his appointments. It's his incorrect appointments. Is it his incorrect transfer decisions? It's everything. Like I said, he's he's everything he's getting his dirty hands on. That's what's led to this, right? Yeah. Don't don't. I'm not taking this about the war. I'm not taking the, no no no. Right. Shakhtar haven't played at their at their home stadium in 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 nearly ten years now. Yeah. So why why are they not in the position we're at? Bullshit. Yeah. Right. This is a hundred percent down to Surkis. No one else. Yeah. Right? This is own. This is his own fault. Right. If we're short on money, and again, it's his fault. Right. We could have been in a position where we would have been playing in the Champions League year after year after year. Right. That would be, that would make enough money for us to go out and, first of all, make us attractive. Right. And it would give us the money to invest properly into these things. Right. We're not in that position because, again, of his stupid decisions, his nepotism. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to go down that road again, but. There's only one person to blame, and uh, and yeah. and listen, listen, I just want to mention this is like if anyone has any qualms, like you said, Dima, you mentioned about the wars. Like, I would say 
his poor decision making probably even predates my Don and the War in Donbass by 10 years. Ever since, you know, higher, you know, Buryak was an absolute disaster for an appointment. Demyanenko was, you know, that was paper yeah. over the cracks. Yeah. He got lucky with Siomen. Gazayev was a disaster. You know, Mikhailochenko, after, you know, I think he took over after Lobanovsky passed away. That was, you know, that was the first wrong decision. The first wrong decision. First wrong decision. No. And, and and around the similar time, about a year or two after he passes away, Shakhtar hired Luchesko. So instead of taking the proactive thing, maybe hiring a foreign coach who yeah. could maybe take us to a next level or a similar level that Lobanovsky had us, we give it to Mikhailochenko. Yeah, it's all gone completely tits up since Lobanovsky died, and uh, that's when it all began, isn't it? Because we, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get into this. Yeah, I think I think that's a I think that's a good space to wrap it up. Um, you know, let's let's remain positive. We still have a whole season and let's everyone let's get our happy faces on because we have a awesome, we have a Ukraine game on Saturday against England. You know, everyone should Yay. be feeling good. Yeah, there you go. Thank you, Komar. <laughs> feeling good. I cannot uh, wait for the international really, break really. to be over. <laughs> okay, Eric, that's not the positivity I was talking about. Come on. I cannot stand the international break. <laughs> I, I honestly like give me Dynamo back. I cannot wait. I, I, I cannot be fussed rooting for Waxtap players. Sorry. Are you, then so you know what? Then do what I'm going to do on Saturday, five thirty Eastern time. Watch U.S. versus Uzbekistan. Jesus, ah, how's that going? The Q Derby. The Q Derby, yeah. And then on Tuesday you get United States versus Oman. How can you not love the international break? Wow. So, uh, on that note, Dima, if someone would want to contact you, how could they do that? Yeah, nineteen twenty-seven demon on X. Oh yeah, excuse me on X. I forgot. X. Eric. Um, at Libovich on X, and then also just real quickly, please do give us a follow on Substack if you haven't already. At Dynamo Abroad, we actually have an, an, a, a new post that's going to be coming out tomorrow. Um, that's some exciting stuff that we're going to be working on in future weeks. But please do give us a follow on Substack. And then finally, Mister Komar. Well, um, when. Eric mentioned the Substack. I think uh, we had the last episode, so uh, the listeners didn't have a chance to meet him, but we have a new member of the podcast, Andri, and he's going to be yes. appearing occasionally, and he's actually writing the newsletter, so uh, mostly, right? Because Eric also does. But, uh, whenever he's uh, not dozing off on the, on the chair, um, but yeah, uh, but I just wanted to give him a shout out. Yeah, shout out to Andre. We just we didn't have a, a chance to listen to the full episode because of unknown reasons. And to, about uh, contacting me, it's uh, Portuguese Luchescu Slander on X. That's uh, yeah. So then again, shout out to uh, Fernando Santos for making a complete mockery of Polish national team. Thank you very much. Polish my real handle is Yeah, and if you want to contact the show on X, you can find us there at Denamo Broad Podcast. No, Denamo Broad. And if you want to contact the show, you could do that at Denamo Broad Podcast at gmail.com. Well, from Dima, Eric, Komar, and I, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time. Dynamo, Dynamo.